If you are in the market for a new hat, t-shirt, koozie, hoodie, or a puzzle, head over to beermoneygear.com. That is our official web store. And you can order, and we ship out orders twice a week. And we appreciate your support. And you'll look good wearing it. The Let's Grow Pulling podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Anchor FM is brought to you by the Outlaw Truck and Tractor Pulling Association. You can find them on the web at outlawpulling.com, as well as Facebook as Outlaw Truck and Tractor Pulling Association. Thank you for listening and have a great day. Sherry Schaefer. Hi there. How are you? I'm great. Welcome to the Let's Grow Pulling podcast. And I want you to know you're the first person to say, I will get on the podcast as soon as I get done locking up the chickens. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's my first, Sherry. And I've done six, almost 60 podcasts now. So. Well, I'm not your average person. No, you are not. Because <laughs> um, this is going to take a while. So I hope you have a drink or two. And uh, it's a Friday um, night. Actually, I, I did bring one, yes. <laughs> Good. Well, well, just sip on it. Just sip on it. Okay. Because we we're going to talk about pulling sleds with your dad. We're going to talk about heritage iron and your Oliver heritage stuff. I want to thank you personally for sponsoring truck and tractor pulling. I know you've done a lot at Cloverdale. You've done a lot at the Midwest Winter Nationals. And I believe you're sponsoring classes again this year for Gordiwana, I call it. That's my, that's my hyperb of Shipshawana and Gordyville. And then I also, you had some health issues in the last couple of weeks and it, you seem like superwoman and I'm not trying to jinx you or anything like that, <laughs> but um, so yeah, I want to know. So I know who you are. You're a friend of mine. I'm going to proudly wear my heritage iron shirt, my polo you gave me a couple years ago at Gordyville or Gordywana this year. I love it because it Good. fits me. And, and it's black and yellow, and I love the Hawkeye, Iowa Hawkeyes. That's my favorite team, so it's all good. I'm good. So let's start at the beginning, Sherry. Who is Sherry Schaefer? Where does Sherry live? And then let's just let's tell your story, Sherry. Let's tell your story to the world. Oh, my. Where do I start? <laughs> um, actually, I live in Greenville, Illinois. Uh, that's been my hometown since uh, we moved back here when I was six months old. And okay. I lived here most of my life. I lived in Nokomis for a little while. And, uh, of course, when I was over at Bruce Hutcherson's, I lived in Patriot, Indiana for a little while. But pretty much this is home, and uh, this is where we have the House of Iron. And this is where our two magazines are published, Oliver Heritage, Heritage Iron. Um, a lot of you know me from the old days, uh, riding a sled all the time. I was pretty popular for wearing a bright orange uniform that they wear in prison now. So... <laughs> Orange is the new black. Orange That's is the right. New black. We were trendsetters, <laughs> but not yeah, criminal. <laughs> but uh, dad started building sleds. Uh, I think he bought his first one in 1969 or 70. And then we started building sleds and he built five of them. And through the years, I was running one of them. He was running the other one. And uh, we traveled all over the country and made a lot of friends, a lot of adventures. And um, I actually still have the number one sled. You I got do. it back. Okay. Yes, yes. It was down at Texas. Uh, Blade Graves had it. That was sold to the Texas Tractor Pullers Association. And it's up here. It's sitting over Dad's right now. I'm not quite sure what I'm going to do with it yet. But uh, it may just be a yard ornament. But I just can't let it go to scrap. No, I understand. What were the sleds called, Siri? Super Sled. 
Super sled. Safer you, super I mean, sled. <laughs> your your guys' sleds were at Louisville forever, right? I mean, like, oh, like, yeah. there's um, a lot there's a huge heritage of the sleds. I didn't know that, honestly. I had no idea. Yeah. Until recently. So Yeah, I think we were there 18 years, something around wow. there. So I've made a lot of trips up and down that track, and I know every every little path underneath the bleachers to get from one end to the other in record time. So. <laughs> I bet you do. I bet you do. Uh-huh. So the sleds, so start, let's start with that. And your dad was Ollie, right? Yep. Oliver Shaver, he, named after the Oliver just, Tractor. Okay. You just lost him just about a year ago now, right? Was it uh, February yep, of 2020? Yep. February 28th. Okay. How old was he? 80 years old. 80, so he had a good life. Yep. Okay, yep. Good. He had a great life. He was at Louisville the last, well, 20, that would have been 2020. He was there and just wow. had a time of his life and went home and two days later he's in the hospital and that was the end of it damn it um, but so he he went out on top good yeah good 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 so let's 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 start with the pulling sleds so what are your first memories of the pulling sleds as a little girl oh good grief i remember riding with dad to the poles he had a he actually pulled himself that's my first okay. memories he had an oliver 1950t and he'd farm with it he'd get done farming and he'd turn a few cranks and take the battery out, lighten it up, uh, pull the seat off, and he put a piece of plywood down and screwed a lawn chair onto it, anything to lose weight. Uh, yep. Took all the sheet metal off. It was the ugliest thing you ever saw. But, <laughs> you know, Do you have any pictures of that on your, on your Facebook page? No, I don't. I know, some of those. I know at one time there was a picture of it, and going through all the pictures now, um, we're probably going to run across it, but uh, – you yeah. don't have it yet, but I remember That's that. Funny that he put a lawn chair, a lawn chair on it. And oh said, yeah, that is that is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> just, just screwed it to the plywood. That was a transmission cover. It was plywood, and uh, that was it. And he, we'd always he had this uh, rollback. I think it was like an old C model cab, because I remember I was small enough that I would crawl up on that shelf behind him, and that's where I would sleep all the way home. I'd sleep behind wow. him. And we get to the poles, and he always parked it on a hill. I can never understand why it was parked on a hill. But then when it's his time to pull, he just got up, got up on there and started it rolling, popped the clutch, and fired it up because he didn't have a battery on it. Sure. So sure. those are probably the earliest memories of that. Um, and then he bought um, – it was a hydraulic sled that belonged to – it was built, I think, by the Wabash Valley College – uh, Darius Harms has it now, or his family. They still use it up there at Penfield as a hydraulic sled. Uh, that was okay. the first sled he bought and uh, didn't like the way that worked. It just didn't seem consistent at the time. It had some computer stuff on it, but back then, you know, dirt and all the elements, it just, it wasn't, it just didn't work right. So then he bought the Fairfax Rock out of Fairfax, Iowa, and that was a weight transfer sled. And the box was actually a big hunk of concrete. And you know those old concrete forms that make it look like brick? They've used them a lot on basements, or they pour it and it just looks like brick. That's what the box yep. was made out of. Really? It was a giant concrete block. They had the brick forms on the outside. And that was the first sled, and um, we ran that for a year. And he thought he could make some improvements to it. And, and he did improve on that one. And I honestly don't remember where that one went. 
Um, I think Dave Hager might know where it's at. It might be okay. sitting out in Oklahoma in a fence row, but I'm not positive. Okay. Um, and then he started building his own. And Okay. What year would this have been, you think? Uh, Just roughly. 70, 71. Okay. 70 or 71, we built the first one. All right. So I think, from what I remember. Now, did you guys, I mean, did you guys pretty much stick in Illinois, or were you going all over hell with this place? In the summer, we never left Illinois, hardly. Because we had enough poles in Illinois. Dad was like, why would I want to drive all night to get someplace when I can work here and sleep in my own bed every night. Now, Sherry, like in the 70s, was that all, was the NTPA still around then? Was it started yet or was it all, like, do you remember yeah. what, what kind of associations were? Yeah, yeah, NTPA was, was around. Um, okay. I remember we started pulling with Dean Isley. He formed a, an organization called the American Tractor Pullers Association. And okay. uh, that didn't go over very well, <laughs> but we worked with him for a while. Um, I always kind of compare pulling association like churches. Yeah, I always joke that I live I live in Richland Center. We have about five thousand people. We have seventeen churches that all believe in the same God, but yet we have seventeen different churches. Yeah, I always giggle. Yeah, pulling associations too. Yeah, yeah. we pull a lot with uh, ITPA, of course, in the summer. Okay, and then John Burris, uh, Lloyd Douglas, uh, those are names that from the old days they had their own poles that they would go put on. I remember going to the Astrodome and that was still in the seventies. We were going down to the Astrodome. Yeah. And that's awesome. I've seen some pictures of pulling in the Astrodome. Yeah. You know, like the Indy super poles and the Astrodome and stuff. Yeah. Like that. So, I remember, cool. you know, here we were pulling on horse tracks in Illinois and we pull up there and we park at the top of the hill and we're going to go walk down and, you stand at the top of that ramp and look down there and we're like, oh my gosh, what <laughs> is this? <laughs> Just couldn't believe it. That's awesome. And uh, that is awesome. I remember because we, we ran three tracks down there most of the time. And in, in the Astrodome? What was that? In the Astrodome, yes. you ran three tracks? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And when I started driving truck, which I was driving truck 16, but um, I think the first time I went to, first time I actually drove the semi to Houston, I was 18. And okay. I, I remember we were taking both sleds down there. Dad and mom were in the semi in front and I was in the back by myself. And we pull across the scales and dad pulls across first. And then he pulls over to the side to wait for me to get through. I pull up on the scales yep. and they said, uh, pull around back and bring in your paperwork. You know, the typical stuff. So <laughs> yep. I pull around back, go inside, and Dad, he comes walking back there. He gets inside, too, and they tell me that uh, I can't drive that truck. They want to see my license, and I give it to them because I had a the chauffeur's license back then. And I, yep. I said, oh, I can drive this truck. I'm like, no, you can't. I'm like, oh, yeah, I've been driving it for years. <laughs> like, <Yep>. No, <laughs> you can't cross the state line. I, but I'm not for hire. So it ended up, dad came back there and they ended up, they told him that mom could get in the truck with me. Mom could barely drive a car. She could get in the truck with me because she was an adult and we were supposed to take it down to the next exit and park it. So we did. We went down to the next exit. We parked it. We ate lunch and then we went on down to Texas. 
Oh. Yep. Well done. <laughs> I knew. Well done. That's exactly what I would have done. Yep. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, awesome. coming up out of the Astrodome that first time after the pole's all over and, it, you know, it's a pretty steep ramp coming up out of there. And you had to come up on top of the ramp and block the traffic. So nobody was circling around the building because once you headed up that ramp, you, there was no stopping. Because if you stop, you're going to drag the pan across the little hump up there. And, yep. oh, man, I remember coming out of there the first time. I'm just hanging on. <laughs> I bet. Hey, Sherry, how much did a pulling sled weigh in the 70s? How Just empty. Like, uh, about 32,000 bare. Okay. Okay. So it's not much different no. than today's sled then. No. So, okay. Yeah. Um, how big were the crowds? I mean, were they just, was the Astrodome just full of people? I mean, was it, it just No, it wasn't, was it, it wasn't like? slam full. That, I think that place held like, I don't remember, it was 50,000 or 70,000. Yeah, I'm going to Google it while we're talking. Yeah, I'm not sure. I know it would have held a lot of hay. That was the biggest barn yeah, I'd ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't imagine driving from Illinois to, yeah, that'd be crazy. Yeah, it was great. I mean, and we did that. Usually it was the weekend before Louisville because I remember coming back okay. one year and it was there in the early 80s. We had a big snowstorm and we got home, came home for Louisville or came home from the Astrodome, pulled in the driveway, loaded the smoke machine, extra weights and turned around and headed right to Louisville because of the snowstorm. And those okay. pans, you know, hang low to the ground. We plowed our way yep. all the way to Louisville. Just to get there. I was just going to say. <laughs> oh, yeah. Way. So real quick, the uh, the Astrodome holds 67,925 okay. people. That's, it. That's yep. what Google yep. I figured. I thought it was around 70,000. But it was never full. That's a big play. But it'd be half yeah. full, right? Yeah. So that's still 30,000 yeah. people, roughly. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, that's, a, that's awesome. Well, that's you know, awesome. you got three tracks going, and sometimes you had the monster trucks in there. I mean, it was just constant activity. So, oh, I love it. No, I would have been right up uh, my alley. I would have loved that. The bad part was back then we all didn't have a camera hanging on our hip. Right. You know, there's so much stuff that we didn't photograph that, man, you wish you could have done it back then. So. Yeah, what cell, cell phones now are better cameras than the 35 millimeter even was. 10 oh, yeah. So, yeah. But um, it sure has changed all the video we can do now and the picture taken and different things like that. It's, yeah. it's insane. It's insane. I remember Frank Woods Did used you... to be the photographer that went around Illinois and a lot of the big poles. Um, are you familiar with that name? Okay. Frank Woods I'm photography. Not, he not. he was really big in tractor pulling and he took a lot of pictures and I don't know whatever happened to him, but somewhere there was an archive of photos someplace. Yeah, there's Frank Wood Photography Home, but he's out of the United Kingdom. Yeah. The first like photographer I remember was like Photo Joe. Yeah, Frank was before Photo um, Joe. And, and they were kind of together okay. there for a while, but, but Frank was earlier. Sure. But and then because I started going to polls, like I'm well, I was born in 75, so I probably remember like the early uh -huh. 80s. Like in my first couple of years, all I did was pick up pop cans and beer cans underneath the bleachers and made like five to 10 bucks when I was like five or six. And I thought I was on top of the world. So. Yep. I remember uh, the first awesome. time I went to Louisville, they wouldn't let me on the track. And we were running a sled there. Yeah, really? I wasn't, I wasn't 16. 
and they would not let me on the track. Oh, okay. And I'm like, but I do this all the time. And I, you know, I didn't understand. <laughs> so I remember sitting oh, I in a crowd pouting because I couldn't be. Uh, why can't yeah, why can't I be yeah, out there with mom and dad? That's my job. That's my seat back there. <laughs> that is yep. awesome. That is awesome. Okay, have you what have you what have you pulled over the years? Like what have you actually sat on and pulled the sled over the Oh, years? I've pulled uh, Jim Brockman's two wheel drive in laws and outlaws. Uh, pulled uh, okay. Bruce Hutcherson's super scooter. Um, back okay. earlier days, uh, Mike Renth used to have a, uh, it was a 55 super stock. I think that's what the class was. It was an AC, like 190 XT, I think. Uh, those are the old days. I pulled semis, pulled several semis. Uh, Pat Friels let me drive his two-wheel drive truck. Driven several two-wheel drives. The I'm assuming the super scooter was before making bacon special. No, it's the same time. Yeah, we were running a two wheeler. Okay, how many? Two wheeler and a five engine at the same time. Okay. So the two the the two wheeler was yes. a super scooter. That's a little Dodge Ram Rampage. Okay. Yeah, we had. Ram. Okay, I'm trying to find a picture of it on the. Internet. Oh yeah, it should be on there. It's in the Carhartt colors. Well, it's in it's in the old colors okay. and the Carhartt colors, but. I think it was the Carhartt colors when I drove it because we had taken the rig down to, I think, Shreveport, Louisiana. I'm not sure. I know it was on the south. It wasn't Biloxi, Mississippi. It was Shreveport. And Bruce was coming down later. And there was a snowstorm, and he couldn't make it. And so everybody's like, oh, okay. what are we going to do? Who's going to drive? Well, John, John Minnick, uh, he didn't want to drive. He never wanted to drive. He's I'm the mechanic. So I think uh, Jim Brockman drove the pig. And uh, I'm like, I'll drive a scooter. And scooter never did any good. I mean, scooter was just along for gas money. That was it. And it never won. <laughs> I mean, you just you you just wanted to drive it off the track when you were done. And so yeah, I'll drive it. So of course, what do I draw? Number one. So hooked to the sled, and uh, I blow it out the end. And I'm like, the sled's broke. Something's wrong with the sled. So I lift the body up and John's standing there and said, what happened? What's wrong? And he said, you made a full pull. I'm like, no, the sled's not working. <laughs> and it ended up, they reset the sled and I still, still won with the class. And I think I pulled awesome. it again the next night and got second. And so then the next pull we went to, Bruce is like, you're driving that thing. I want to see how you're driving. And well, then it just went out there and fell on its face. So it was back to normal. So I guess I just got lucky for two poles. Yeah, so you get lucky once, but two in a row. That's yeah, a pretty good, it, just, uh, that's it liked that track, evidently. Uh, it did. No, that's good stuff. So you've been, I mean, you haven't been in all all continental United States with the sleds, but man, you got to be in what? 30 oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, I would say because in the wintertime, in the summer, we stayed just in Illinois. We might hit Missouri. Maybe Kentucky. I know we did Davenport, Iowa uh, for NTPA for a while, uh, but primarily Illinois in the summer. But then in the wintertime, we were all over the place from Houston, Astrodome to Long Island, New York, to Pontiac Silverdome to uh, New Orleans. What's the one in New Orleans? Superdome. Okay. Superdome. You know, all those. We were indoors every weekend. 
during the winter from Thanksgiving. When did it start? It started like after harvest and then we didn't have any in December, but then the first week in January, you're right back to going again. And yeah. Did you get down into Florida yeah. much at all? Yeah, we did Florida a few times. Okay. Cause I, I had Larry, I had Larry Richwine on the podcast probably a couple weeks ago. I'm actually going down to Zellwood uh, in well the week after Gordyville. I'm going to help go down and do some video and then probably talk a little bit on the microphone with Larry down there. And I had no idea. I had heard about that Florida winter series, but I didn't realize how big it was, you know, like it went up the whole. Oh, wow. Yeah. We didn't do that much of it. We just hit some of the indoor ones down in that area. Yep. No, that's great. So what made your dad build a pulling sled in this, in what, in in 69 or 70? Do you have any idea that nobody else had it? He He, was smart. He he loved tractor pulling because he worked at an Oliver dealership and he was doing that. So he did work. So he, he was named Oliver and he worked. Well, grandpa Oliver was an Oliver dealer. So in 19, oh, your dad. Yeah, 1939, when dad was yeah, born, okay. grandpa just got a bunch of new signs that said another Oliver user. And he was running around the farm, hanging them up every place. And grandma said, you're going to nail one on the kid when it gets here too. And he did. No. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and he did. Yes, he did. So his name is Oliver. Life. He grew up in the Oliver dealership. And then when we moved to Greenville, he was a part owner in an Oliver dealership over here. And so he was doing that and farming and tractor pulling. And I honestly can't tell you why he bought a sled. He just, he was tired of sleds breaking down all the time because back then they did. And he thought there was a better way and killed the show. He was kind of a, I don't know if you call him an innovator or just always had to do something different. So he got into it. Mom was never happy about it. <laughs> I know that. Yeah. No, I'm so I'm going through like some of your Facebook pages and finding some pictures of your dad. I'm looking at uh, the green sled. It says Schaefer Sled Rental. It's got a big T and T logo on the box. It looks like it's not it's not self propelled. Okay. It's pulled back, but that's definitely yeah. an indoor pull. I'm not sure where this is, but it's just neat. Sherry, I had no idea until uh, <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah, oh, yeah. sled history. I mean, I'd, I'd heard about you with all the sleds, yeah. but yeah, this, Dad. Uh, this, I've always thought no, of you as no. so We put Robin Woods in business, Dave Hager, uh, Hickson. Those are guys that all bought our sleds, and uh, yeah, yeah. So when did so? What was the transition like when your dad just said, "I'm tired," or? How did, you know, do you kind of remember how the sleds? Yeah, he was losing all of his labor. All those kids were growing up and going to doing their own thing. <laughs> all those kids yeah. were growing up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So when it was, it. when it was just I me and him uh, running the two sleds there at the end, well, when we still had the two sleds, you know, I got married and moved over to Patriot with John and working with Bruce. And so he sold a sled then and just went back to one. And uh, then it was just, he was just getting tired of it and had done it a long time. And um, he sold that to uh, Tom Van Heisen or Kenny Van Heisen, I should say. Kenny just passed away yep. a couple weeks ago. And that, Correct. But Tom's yeah. his son, right? Yeah, I've hooked, I've hooked his sled like in Milledgeville, Illinois with Badger yeah. State. Yeah, he doesn't um, have, so that's, call that. is it Mean Green? He he doesn't have dad's sled anymore. That sled up. is up in North Dakota now, I think. And I know it was for okay. sale not too long ago. But the last two sleds that we had, we had self-propelled both of those. So, and even 
even when it was self-propelled, the first one was self-propelled and took the Louisville, they would not let us use yep. the self-propelled mechanism because it, the Why? pole was sponsored by tractor uh, dealerships and they wanted their tractors out there running up and down the track oh, all the time. So, they, so even though we could pull ourselves back, we had to let them pull us back. What are some of your favorite tractors over the years? I mean, were you always an Oliver fan? Or? Well, as far as uh, pulling tractors, because I'm like I'm on the mean I'm on the mean G oh, site yeah. now. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I love Gene that tractor. Yeah. is that right? You're tagged. You yeah, guys are tagged yeah, I love that one. And, uh, of course, Silver Bullet, always like that. And um, yep, those are some of my favorite pulling tractors. Of course, the Pig, you know, the Pig and Angler, always, always like that. Thanks to them, I can still run valves in my sleep. One eight four three six five seven two. But that's awesome. Oh, I can. I mean, I can sleep. close my eyes and yeah. Well, when you have five engines or six engines and you're running them all the time. But uh, yep, for sure. Yeah, I, I can't say I really picked out any favorite tractors because. You know, yeah. I, I get in oh, trouble for that. You're probably around too much of it. <laughs> you couldn't show any favoritism. Yeah, you would. You now, Keith, would. Keith Milliken yeah, with Kentucky that Thunder, that was always a wild ride because he only knew one position with his arm. It went from idle to wide open. And we actually did go through a concrete wall one time, which is rather exciting. I was going to ask you, what's what's some of the wildest rides you That was probably it, going years. through the concrete wall. Um, back then, it... Uh, somebody was walking behind a sled. We know what happened, but when Keith took off, you just hunkered down back there and held on. And he took off, and I closed my eyes and crunched down, and usually I'd do that for a couple seconds and open my eyes and see where we were. <laughs> and, of course, we were, we were flying, right. and I knew that. I'm like, something's not right here. I opened my eyes, we're flying, and a box is still sitting right in front of me. And I always oh, watched no. the box, but with him, he would throw so much dirt. And uh, so that one got me. Yeah. And he had too much momentum up. He was not backing out until he got to the very end. And he did. He got to the end and there goes the box flying forward. And I'm trying to grab the box and it had too much momentum. And we had brakes, but they was, the wheels were off the ground on the back of the sled because of the momentum of the box going forward. And yep. he got to the wall and turned the steering wheel to the right and it pushed the tractor through the wall sideways. And um, I think Where it was, was Memphis. I think it was Memphis. Okay. And, oh, yeah, it was indoors. That would have been indoors yeah. then, right? Yeah. Uh, yep. On the other wow. side of that wall was a popcorn machine. <laughs> and they had just closed that concession stand. <laughs> so... Yeah. So it went through the yeah. wall through the popcorn machine? Yeah, we uh wow. we paid for new headers on the side of the tractor and can't remember if it twisted the frame or not. And then bought a new popcorn machine. <laughs> a little masonry work. <laughs> but somebody had walked behind the sled and the dirt was piled up back there because the track was brought in and and what they had done is walked back there and and leaned against the sled for balance as they walk by and they hit my two-speed axle. There's a shifter back there and they hit it and knocked it in neutral. Okay. So 
No, they didn't know it. They didn't even know it. It couldn't have happened to a worse guy. You know, anybody else I would have caught it, but yeah, that one yeah. got away from me. So that was probably that one. stinks. Oh yeah, he was. But he fine, was okay. You know. He was okay. Like the box. No, it, the box. The it, like it about hit the top. I caught it, and then it came flying backwards, and I, I'm trying to catch it so it didn't run over me back there, and um, so I got it stopped, and I jumped off the slid, and I went running to the front to make sure he was okay, and everybody's running me. You okay? Well, I'm fine. I'm, I'm worried about Keith, but no, Keith was fine, and so went back and you know i mean there was nothing broke wow. on the sled they just knocked it out of gear but we did a test right. pull you know make sure it didn't pull itself out of gear somebody else knocked it out but yeah that was probably the most exciting right. i had some breakdowns going down the road quite a few of those <laughs> but always managed to get them fixed Yep, that's neat. What year would have been the last year that had Portland sleds? I think that was the last year we were at Louisville. 94, okay. Yeah, it was a, it was a pretty good gig. I mean, it's that's why you know, it's hard for me to walk away from tractor pulling. It's been my life for so long. I was going to say, yeah, what, what is – yeah, what's it like for you when you go to a pool now? I mean, what are your thoughts? And by the way, that video we have of you at uh -huh. last year on that 5010, I think, or one of those that has like <laughs> yeah, because I can't believe I'm on a John Deere. Popular, so. <laughs> yeah, I think well, that's kind well, of part of it. So yeah, we made sure we made sure we take Heritage <laughs> Iron Magazine. Yeah, well, it's in a way. I mean, it's great to get back to tractor pulling, but for me, I mean, because I've always been involved in it, you know, I'm always on the track or. That's why I jump on the roller of flea. I'm not used to not being on the track. So it's, I got to keep busy right. and, you know, it's, it's different now. Pulling, of course, uh, a lot of things have changed, but a lot of people don't, don't know who I am because the generation has changed. But, uh, how are you? <laughs> well, I'm trying to fix it. <laughs> I should have put on my orange here. uniform. It, it's so. sitting right here. Yeah. No, your picture, the picture, I found a picture of you that I'm going to post with the, on iTunes and oh, Spotify okay. of you and your Oh, yeah, I did wear it out there for that 50th. I think it's a little yeah. Yep, it says. Yeah. Yep. So I'm going to post that up there. That is cool. That is cool. Okay, so let's talk about when did we transfer into the Heritage Iron Magazine? The Heritage Iron Magazine, I started that in 2008. And uh, the Oliver Heritage, I started in 2004. Okay. Right. Yeah. Oh, and and really before. all of those, okay. both of those magazines got started because of Louisville. I remember we were, uh, we were running the sled okay. and we did a test hook during the day and I'd run from, um, from Broadbent over to the Freedom Hall back and forth. And I'd take the shortcut through the, you know, through the vendors. And I walked by this booth and there was an Oliver, a picture of an Oliver tractor in one of these booths. And I stopped and I'm like, it was a twin 880, which are very rare because they only built three of them. And I'm like, I stopped, I pointed at it. I said, my dad has a picture of him with that tractor. What's this all about? And so they told me it was an Oliver magazine. And, and they're telling me about this Oliver club. And I go back over to dad and I'm like, Ed, do you know people collect this stuff? And he said, oh yeah, I'm a member. I'm like, 
you know, to me, being around Oliver's all my life, I didn't know there was anything special about him. And uh, so he ended up joining that club. And a year later, they made me their editor. And I worked for them for 10 years. And then I started my own magazine. But all of that started just because I walked through okay. over to Broadbent and saw this booth with an Oliver picture. And then, um, you know, I was doing, That's awesome. doing the Oliver magazine and I started noticing that people were liking the later Oliver tractors, like the four digit five or four digits, 55 series, things like that. And to me, those were new tractors, but and I'm like, you know, the, the generation right. is changing here. The people that are buying this magazine now are not people that remember the 60 and the 70 or even the fleet lines. You know, the, the age group is changing, the demographics. So I started thinking about that with the other colors, too. Uh, you know what? I've got all the tools here. I've got the computer. I got the know-how. I got the printer. I, I know all this stuff. Why don't I start a magazine that is all brands, but of a later time frame? which is where I started Heritage Iron. It starts with 1960, goes from 60 to 1990. And once the computer started taking over okay. the control of the tractor, that's where we quit. You know, this is still all the mechanical stuff. But sure. that's how I started the second magazine. And uh, first one came out in December 2008 of Heritage Iron. So... And it's done very well. It's wow, it's surpassed cool. the Oliver magazine pretty quick, but you're covering all the brands, so there's a little something for everybody. Yeah, no, yeah, you have a you yeah. have a wider a wider paintbrush, yep. if you will. So, yep, very cool. So, and I'd be very cool. Okay, and that's right, and that's based yep, right out right of Greenville, Greenville, Illinois. That's where the headquarters is. And then you mentioned well, the that's House what of I, Iron. Well, that's what is I call our office building, your, your the House of Iron. Because it is an iron building, so. <laughs> okay, got it. We just call it that. Yeah, my vault is here. I've got a great collection. Uh, I've got a fireproof okay. room that has my archives of sales literature and price books and anything and everything paper collectible. And that's where I do most of my research. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't trust data, Google. You need to do that. So. <laughs> I've got my own resources here. Nope. Yeah. No, I, I like it a lot. Yeah. I like it a lot. No, I met you for the first time. I think, I think either at Gordyville or Cloverdale when you started sponsoring, and I've just been wanting to. I, I love what you do. You always have a nice booth at all the events. And everybody <laughs> seems to know you, and I'm like, I got to get to know. Yeah, you. so we went out and did push-ups together, and it's been good. <laughs> It's been good. Mm -hmm. We did. We did. I can't thank you enough for sponsoring pulling. Oh yeah. You know how much money yep. we spend on these stupid things, and um, and the promoters, you know, they're just we're not filling right. astrodomes anymore. You're half right. of them. You know what I mean? It's there's so many things to do. You know, it just there was a time that the fair was the fair was the fair, and they shut everything else down. Hell, you go to the right. fair now, you got there's so many activities and crazy. Even pulling, you can watch it online now. I mean for the last year and I can't wait to go somewhere. I don't want to look at anything else online. I want to be there. Yep. No, I can't either. Yep, I will be yep. there. So you're coming to yep. you're coming to Shipshawana then? Awesome. I'm gonna probably going to have a, gonna a table around. there. I'll probably sit up over there next to store lock. And uh, I don't okay. I don't like being tied down. So, okay. yep. I'll probably be roaming around, but 
I'll be there. Yep. No, I know that. Yeah, we're going to take our merchandise booth down like always. And we, we always try yeah. to set up my store yeah. lock too. So Sounds maybe great. we'll kind of all connect there. That'd be fun. No, I have not. Have you been to that Michiana Event Center before? I've heard nothing. I heard it's just awesome. I mean, I just yeah. I think everybody's going to be kind of spoiled the way it sounds compared to. And Gord, Gordyville's great because of just the competitors and the and the and you know the competitors and the fans. But it's, from a facility standpoint, Gordyville leaves a lot that it, yeah. oh, it's it's a damn it's a horse barn is what it is. That Clint has a tractor pull in, and this is a true uh-huh. you know auditorium, if you will, or event center that's set up for stuff like this. So I think I think everybody's pretty excited about it and anxious. I'm getting a lot of questions from pullers. I'm like, guys, yeah, I'm I feel Clint. sorry for Clint right now. <laughs> but we don't want to bug Clint. I'm like, well, if you want real answers, don't. But oh, I do too. He has to be. Uh, I guess I'm getting his cigarettes through the roof. Yeah, so people are just talking. dying to get out. They right just now, so. you know, Louisville is yeah. an unknown, and <sighs> yep. He said I talked to him the other night, and he said every hotel within wow. 40 miles of ships wanted. Yeah, so. I'm glad I got my reservation early then. So. Yeah, I remember the first time I went to Gordyville. I had never been there uh, for for one of Clint's polls. And I walked back out of the pits and I'm like, holy cow, I feel like I'm in Louisville. I just could not believe the quality of iron and the number of tractors there. Yep. I love um, the Midwest Winter Nationals because it's the Louisville for everybody else. You know what I mean? It's the Louisville for the hot farms and the pro farms. And now they've you know, they've added diesel truck classes and that really brings in that younger fan. And uh, cause that's what, I, that's a transition I've seen Sherry the last, you know, probably 30 years, 30 yep. years is the family farm is gone. Uh, kids aren't growing up with the 4020 or the D21 or the 1066. Uh-huh. I know those are newer tractors to you, but that's what I'm used to. And uh, they, they're not taking them right. to the fair and turning the pump up a little bit. Like you were telling stories about your dad, but I drive across Richland Center, Wisconsin. And I see six diesel trucks with hood stacks coming out of them. Yeah, you know, and they're just daily drivers, yeah. and you know that, you know, that's coming on. And the mini rods were a nice addition last year, yeah. and they're bringing in more. I mini like rods a little diesel. Really mini mixing rods. up for everybody, so I'm excited for that. So holy cow, I love that. Yeah, thing. <laughs> Kevin Moore, the little red hooker. Um, he, yep, he's going to be there again, and uh, we'll oh, sure that'd be we awesome. To him together, get some yeah. pictures with you on that too. So. Yep, it's on the back. It says "Red Till I'm Dead," so that's perfect. Yeah, well, I was almost dead two weeks ago, so I don't know if I want to. For the Facebook. (laughs) I know. Well, that's a nice segue. So I was on Facebook. It was just a freak deal, completely freak. Because if you know me, I am healthy. I eat right. I work out. You know, everything's fine. Well, the day. (laughs) Yeah, I don't do any of that. Well, the day before. (laughs) uh, The day before Christmas Eve. I was getting something out of the truck, and it was one of those really windy days, and uh, it was a 33-knot gust, and it took the the door on the truck and slammed it against me, and it crushed my leg between the, you know, between the door and the truck, and it started swelling up, and it, I mean, I knew it was hurt. I was barely walk on it, but I limped around for a day, and, you know, walk it off. No big deal. I've been hurt before. So the next day I had to go over to dad's and yep. uh, I was trying to wrap some pipes to keep them from freezing since we don't have the heat going in there. And I was down on my knees and had my car hearts on, well, right. you know, car hearts will bind up behind your knees whenever you're sitting on them. And, and within 10 minutes, it didn't even take that long. And it was hurting my leg, but like, so what? 
suck it up, get it over with. You got to wrap these pipes. And within 10 minutes, I was getting nauseous. I was, I broke out in a sweat. And the next thing I know, I'm laying in the floor dry. I just laid back for, yeah, yeah. So I laid up about 10 minutes wondering what in the world is going on. And I finally got up, went over to dad's desk, looking for some Tums. I'm thinking I'm having heartburn or something, but I hadn't eaten anything. Nothing made any sense. And so I finally said, I got to go home. So somehow I went out and I crawled over a fence to get to my truck, climbed over the gate, got in my truck, and then I couldn't drive. And I laid the seat back and I remember laying there for about 10 minutes. I'm like, I've got to get to the office. So I finally drove myself back to the office, which is about a mile, came in the back door, unlocked it, laid on the floor. And I'm soaking wet with sweat. I took my car hearts off, laid on top of them, trying to feel better. And it just, my chest, it was like you just put a ratchet strap all the way around my chest and you're just cranking down on it. And uh, I'm like, oh, if I just go rest a while. Well, it ended up, it, I'm laying on the floor Googling, what are the yeah. symptoms of a heart attack? And like, well, yeah, yeah. And I had what them the all. Symptoms? I'm like, You're well, Googling you know, the symptoms maybe of they're wrong. Let me try <laughs> another browser. Awesome. So <laughs> I Googled another one. I'm like, I cannot be having a heart attack. There's absolutely no way. But I mean, I was getting bad. And so I called my cousin who lives down the road and I said, hey, yep. she said, can I call you right back? And I'm like, well, I think I'm having a heart attack. And she said, oh, okay. So she comes down. They call 911 immediately. Her daughter's a nurse. And they're telling me I'm having a heart attack. I'm like, no, I'm not. It's just, it, this can't be. My hands up. They told me, they got me in the ambulance, put the EKGs on me, told me I had a dead cylinder and take me to ER. Same story. We're calling a helicopter. You're getting life lighted straight to St. Louis and going straight to surgery. And they said I had a 100% blockage on one of my arteries. Like, this is just not making sense. So get in there, and man, things are happening fast. They run in, put a stent in me. And the whole time, they're wheeling me <laughs> on the stretcher, and they'd given me some happy drugs. And I'm cussing. I'm like, this is BS. Yep. I work out. I eat right. There is no way I'm having a heart attack. That's it. When I get home, I'm eating pizza. I'm going to lay on the couch. I'm done with this. And it's just <laughs> throwing a fit because I work out. I shouldn't be going through this. Well, it was the next morning, the uh, surgeon comes right. in, and he's sitting there telling me, you had a 100% blockage, you had a blood clot, and we don't know where it came from. And I thought for a minute, and I'm like, I do. The blood clot. Yep. I showed him my your, leg, and he looked at it, he said, yep, yep, it moved right up your leg to your heart, and you had a heart attack. It was that simple. So, wow. yeah, it but. I was in there for two days. Uh, I spent Christmas Eve and Christmas Day in ICU. And, of course, no visitors. So, in there by myself. Yep. Yep. And I went home the day after. And uh, two days later, I was back in the gym. I'm in the gym every day. I haven't missed a beat. You would never know anything happened. I'm just perfectly normal. But it was... uh, they call it the Widowmaker. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Right. It was the, the, uh, the LAD artery. And it's the Widowmaker. And how I made it an hour 
before I called somebody. Uh, well, you know. Oh, yeah. Probably because And then when they put me in ICU, they put me in dad's room. An hour. So. so I felt like I spent Christmas with dad. Oh. Uh, yeah. It, it, no, you know, that's it, good in a way. it didn't I freak mean, me I out. I, I was, uh, was kind of comforting. So, yeah. Good. Yeah, that's one of those scary things. I wanted to ask you about that. And then um, I, want, I want to talk about your airplanes. I see you flying airplanes a lot. And then I want to know how many different TV <laughs> shows you've been on, too, as well. Airplanes. My airplanes tonight. or the so airplanes I've talk about on. the airplanes. I've got. Yeah. Uh, I, oh, because okay. my son's going to be a pilot, a commercial pilot, and he's just he j he's just finished. He's got like one or two hours left to get his private pilot's license. He just graduated from high school and waiting for him to uh, get into flight school next fall because of COVID. They cut down the class size, but so I'm interested. Sure. In so he's got his private pilot's license. Sure. I want you guys to go flying together, and you can teach him. But um, really curious well, to see how you. Yeah, got I was already driving and, a semi when yeah, I was 16. So my 16. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, I got so out of high school. Most girls are getting Camaros and Mustangs. I got a Freightliner. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got a Freightliner. No, if I was you're, classy, you'd have got my Peterbilt, but I got stuck with a Freightliner. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, when I was 16, <laughs> you got stuck um, with a Freightliner. <laughs> mom took me for a drive and she said, Have you ever flown? I'm like, No, you know, I've never flown. She said, Would you like to? I'm like, Yeah. And just like that, we turned into the airport. She had it already set up. I was going to go on a flight for my 16th birthday. So that's how I got interested in it. And oh, okay. ironically, dad, when he got out of school, he was going to be a pilot. And he went through ground school and started flying, but then his stomach wouldn't take it. So I started flying. And then that um, dad was paying me to drive the truck. And every time I made money, I had to turn around and give it to the airport. And I didn't like that. I wanted to keep it. So I quit flying. And um, I went to Australia in... Right. 2012 and I was on 13 different airplanes over there and it's getting frustrated because one time your suitcase is good one time it's not and I'm like that's it I get home I'm buying my own airplane so I did I came home bought an airplane learned how to fly it I'm on my third airplane nice. now uh, um, I've just got a warrior uh, one of them is a warrior it's a four-seater low wing it's a trainer aircraft but it's okay. only got a thousand. It's got less than two thousand hours on it original time, which is really, really rare. And it is mint. It is a museum piece. But the plane I fly the most, I've got a Daytona okay. Cub, which is a high performance nice. Super Cub, like a stole airplane for short takeoff and landings. And that's the one I play hard with. And how fast? How fast can you fly? Uh, I know miles per hour in the Warrior, you know, one hundred twenty-five miles an hour. Maybe 130. It really depends on the wind. You know, if you get a tailwind or a headwind. Okay. The Cub, it is not a fast sure. airplane. It is an extremely slow airplane. It's so slow. We say it'll hang from the sure. prop. It's got enough power. It'll hang from the prop. And I did my slow flight at 25 mile an hour uh, last time okay. I did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can. Really? If you've watched much many of those okay. videos where they come in real slow and see how slow they can land, I've been in one of those competitions. Those guys are pretty serious. Yep. I don't want to tear up an airplane. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, ninety mile an hour no, is probably the, the most you're going to get out of that so. cub. 
and slow flight, I, I can throttle back to 25 mile an hour without falling out of the sky. And the farthest flights I've taken, I take the slow airplane. It's just the way it's been. It's, you can open the doors, you just let them hang open and you're almost in a convertible. And I've flown to Texas for a stole competition with it. And um, uh, some of these grass strips, just go to a fly-in. There's a really cool place in uh, Missouri, Gaston's. Yep. Might be Arkansas. It's right there on the border in the Ozarks. And you just fly in there, fly in and go trout fishing. So I've done that. And, and then I crew on a warbird. So I've got pretty involved in that. And uh, two okay. years ago, yeah, two years ago, actually, I've done enough of it. I went to school and got tested. And I'm actually a certified aircraft mechanic now. So we call it an A&P. Airframe power plant. So I can actually work on stuff okay. and sign it off. And yeah, it, warbirds or any, warbird, anything that's used in combat or war. But the one I work on is a 1945. It's a TBM Avenger. It's a torpedo bomber. It's actually based out of uh, Peru, Illinois. And torpedo the bomber. one that I work on was actually used in combat. It was in Okinawa. Still has bullet holes in it. So I got to know those guys and I crew on that. It's been quite a bit of time up there working on it. That's awesome. No, I, I saw that. I, I saw the, the military uh -huh. aircraft when you were on one of your Facebook posts. I thought that was pretty cool. So, uh, all right, let's talk TV. Max How many Armstrong. Shows have you been on? I know is that Matt, what's, what's the Max guy, the Max Armstrong, is that his name? I met him in Decatur, Illinois, when Clint had the pole, the pole you know, in conjunction with or, the farm show or whatever the, um, what's that called? Uh, farm Progress yeah, Show, big, okay. Or I don't know, yeah. the one that goes, Farm Progress Days, that's what it is. Yeah, and that sucks that they don't let, they never let the promoter have it, like, on the grounds or close yeah. enough to the pole. It always drove me crazy that 70,000 people were five miles away at yeah. a Farm Progress Show, and then yeah. only a couple thousand people, if we got lucky, came to the pole. And, but no. um, that's just somebody <laughs> wanting more money uh, than they deserve. But we're not going to get into that. So. I have no idea. I mean, How many this week in agribusiness, that's Max's years. show. Um, he had a Yes. Yeah, he still does that. Yep. Does he yeah. still do that? Back in the early days when I was running the slid, Maybe. I was kind of an oddity okay. because here I come pulling in in a semi in a slid. And they would always do the morning news uh, clips promoting the tractor pull and it always had me in there doing those and they'd make me get up at four o'clock in the morning go do a tv show and so I did a lot of those but I don't remember they were just local news stations that's cool oh quite a few how many Meekum farm um, options have you been to I bet is it I mean I've I've never been to one of those I've just seen the yeah, the yeah, they have TV. some the high-end tractors, and then they've got some regular, stuff, right? you know, straight-off-the-farm tractors, a few of those. they got a little bit of everything. Um, in fact, I talked to them today. They're getting set up for their next show, yep. and it's always held at the uh, fairgrounds in Davenport, but this year, or in the spring, the Spring Classic is getting moved to some new expo center in East Moline. So it's a lot bigger, so it'll be all indoors. Okay. So I've probably gone to that for five years, I guess. And I actually did That's their, awesome. I was one of the MCs for, okay. for one 
one season. Okay. That's neat. Uh, okay, before I let you go, what? Get, tell me what are some oh, of your most prized Right now, believe it or not, I have always wanted an Airport 25 because it's an Oliver. And yeah, there's, they made less than 150 of them. I think it might have been around 140. And they were only made during 1944, during the war era. I've always wanted one. Dad had one. Um, but Debbie had claimed it. Okay. She's a travel agent. So she wanted that tractor. So she got that one. And I've been trying to find another one and I couldn't find one anywhere. You, you just don't find them. And sitting here a couple months ago and the phone rang and a guy said, I've got something right. you need. And, you know, I've heard that a lot. <laughs> what do you got? <laughs> and he said, I've got an airport 25 <laughs> and, and you need to have what that. And I about fell out of my chair because I didn't even know he had it. And uh, he said, I, I want you to have it. I mean, of course, he's going to sell it to me, but I'm like, yes, yes, I want it. So uh, right. I met him up at uh, where the TBM Avenger is. I had him meet me up there because he's out of Wisconsin. We met there and I hooked it up behind the TBM just to you know, get a picture of him taken together. And I brought it back home here now. It's sitting back in a garage while my new truck sits outside. <laughs> but... But that's probably one of my most prized ones. And I kind of, sure. I look at that. That's my Christmas present from dad. Because I couldn't find one. He knew I wanted one. So maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Nice. That's my story. <laughs> nice. Uh, what was your dad's, probably, what was your dad's like, price Yeah, I'd probably say Scaredy Cat right now. Because uh, Scaredy Cat, he bought that or... a couple years ago. It's an 88. It's got a 3208 cat in it. And he pulled it at uh, half century of progress at Rantoul uh, the last time they had that. I guess that was 19. And he pulled it here in Greenville quite a bit at the fair, at the shows. And he was just like a kid with a new yep. toy. I mean, it was just exhibition, but oh my gosh, he thought he was something out there going blowing smoke oh out of those twin stacks. <laughs> had a seat belt on it. So he was big time. But I'd say that was his favorite. He built four other tractors yep. that are pretty unique, but he had more fun with this one. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. 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 Yeah. Well, yeah, sure. Yeah. We're approaching an hour, <laughs> so I'm going to let you go back. You probably need another beer or drink. So, um, thank you for doing this. Right. Post yeah. This up on iTunes yep. and Spotify. And then I'm going to send you a link if you don't mind sharing it on your Facebook. Um, it's, it's, I mean, I knew you had yep, some history. I will be there. This, and it's cool. And I'm excited to see you in about five days. So, and thank you again for sponsoring Tractor Pulling. It means the world to me and all of us that do this. And uh, because like, I love Tractor Pulling because of my dad too. My parents got divorced. I moved to Wisconsin. Dad still farms in Cedar Rapids. And his D21 was the reason I went back to Iowa every single weekend in the summer. <laughs> and I could have been, you know, doing other yep. things. I chased girls in Iowa instead of Wisconsin at the Tractor Pulls. But we had a good time. So the time, the time. Yeah, yeah. like me curled up behind dad on the, on the way home. That, the old those are cab. memories I'll never yep. forget. So, oh, uh, yeah, that's awesome. That is you awesome. too. Thank Sherry, you. Look you're forward awesome. To it. Thanks for all that you do. And okay. you have a great Bye. night. And I'll see you soon. Hey, Jason here again. I just want to thank you for listening to another episode of Let's Grow Pulling. Uh, working hard to try to put up a daily podcast for your listening pleasure and trying to cover the sport from all angles, from garden tractor pulling clubs to the highest level of pulling. 
promoters, sponsors, anybody that helps our sport grow. And uh, with that nice segue, I want to thank the great sponsors of the Beer Money Pulling Team and my tractor, The Remedy. Excited for 2021 with our new title sponsor, uh, Extreme Performance, entire cutting out of uh, Rock Valley, Iowa, Taylor Van Beek. He is going to be uh, our official tire and rim. We are running our new Kaiser wheels on there as well. And he's a puller, and he's going to help me get the power to the ground, and he can do the same thing from you. Whether you have an antique all the way up to a mod and you're running 30.5s, he can find you the tires and he can get them cut, and uh, he knows what he's doing. So give him a call at 712-470-1900 or check him out on the Facebook at Extreme Performance and Tire. He also has a website as well. Um, the official air and fuel of the Beer Money Pulling Team is Hearts Diesel out of Fayette, Missouri. They've been with me since day one, and they're awesome. They they stand behind their products and they care. And uh, they have, you know, they have a pull-in tractor as well. They're getting into drag racing. And all that technology is going to help both uh, the diesel world and the gas world that they're helping with. We all know data drives decisions, whether it's in your daily business or with your hobby, your truck and tractor. Uh, and I'm excited to run a course of data longer on the Remedy. Get a hold of Cody McKinley. Whether you want uh, a Cadillac of a data acquisition or a Chevy Cavalier, he can help you with all of that. So be sure to reach out to him. Another great sponsor, Tractor Zoom. Uh, Big Ryan is a great friend of mine and, and helps me with all of our social media, takes pictures. And Tractor Zoom is creating iron comps. At the end of the day, they're going to make sure that you don't overpay for your next used uh, combine, tractor, whatever in the farming world. So check them out and then just give them a call anytime as well. Our lubrication specialist, Schaefer's Oils out of St. Louis, Missouri. We've all heard of Schaefer's. They're a big sponsor of the Outlaw Truck and Tractor Pulling Association as well. And many, many pullers run their products and have for years with very, very uh, successful results. Mach 1 Site Development is also one of our title sponsors out of Georgia. Um, Robert Peters is a mini rod puller, and he loves the sport of pulling, and he loves the Beer Money Pulling Team, and he helps me out a lot. And I can't thank Robert enough for his friendship and support. For all of you that do follow the Beer Money Pulling Team and you want a hat or a T-shirt or a hoodie or a koozie or a puzzle or whatever, our website is beermoneygear.com. Go to the website, place your order, and we ship out a couple times a week. We'll get that to you. And then last but not least, my real job is mortgages. So if any of you have a friend, a family member, a coworker, or yourself that just has a question about a mortgage or a refinance or credit scores or whatever, I'm able to handle all the different loan programs for VA, from veterans. I'm a veteran, FHA, USDA, conventional loans, investment properties. Give me a call. 608-604-5068 and continue to like, comment, share everything you see on social media about the sport of truck and tractor pulling and let's grow pulling. Have a great day. Thanks again for listening.